0: Day podcast
1: thursday july 15th and yes people it feels so <laughs> good to be back as the great marshall mathers once said uh, and i believe that album was called the m and show once upon a time i don't know it came out when i was in middle school and my mom didn't let me listen to it but i did anyways so i was rebellious as a child you might say I'm Jacob Westendorf, I'm your host of your Thursday crew, and I am thrilled to be back after an uh, off-season camp and mandatory minicamp holdout, but back in time for the start of training camp, as somebody else might be able to do here in the next week or so. No Jimmy Christensen tonight, but I do have Maggie Loney with me. Maggie, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks. Did you uh, finish your negotiations with Andy Herman and you're satisfied with the way that your contract looks now?
1: Yeah, uh, there's no out <laughs> after this off season, so uh, we're looking like I'm going to be uh, your guys' host for the next two to three years. So okay. that's good. It takes me until I'm past the age of thirty, which was my my hope and my goal for this entire time, and I, I wanted to be a pack a dayer for life. So I think that's going <laughs> to allow me to do that. And, uh, you know, I think the media it was it was an overblown uh, point of skepticism, but we're not going to get into that. We're going to move on and be better uh, for this point forward, and that's where we're at. So what we're going to do. For the triumphant return of at least the duo, I guess the trio we will have to wait another week, but that's okay, is we're going to play a little game of this or that. So we're going to play some questions, obviously Packers based uh, or not. I guess it depends. We don't know each other's questions yet (laughs) and get each other uh, just our thoughts um, on that given topic and then figure out an opinion there. So, Maggie, beauty before age, please, I will allow you to start the show.
2: So I'm, I'm fully cheating with this one, but Perry and I played a game of would you rather for Pax, which she said live this week. And I really just genuinely want your thoughts on this because I thought it was interesting. Um, so let's do a Marquez Alda Scantling MVS, this or that. He has more yards with a lower catch percentage or fewer yards than 2020 with a higher catch percentage.
1: Oh, I would. Oh, see, MBS is a home run hitter. Right. So I I think with that in mind, the drops always sting. But the, I mean, they sting regardless of who it is. But it just seems like he's the one who's dropping a touchdown when, when it happens. Right. So I think I'm, I'm actually still just going to take the lower catch percentage uh, because more yards probably means he's catching more bombs and they're scoring more touchdowns that way, even if he's dropping a few here or there. The inconsistency is always going to be part of his game, and that's pretty normal for a given deep threat. Uh, And that's kind of MBS's role on this team. So I think uh, even though I would like to see him obviously hang on to more because he dropped at least off the top of my head two or three touchdowns. last, Or at least maybe not touchdowns, but big plays for sure last year. I think his catch percentage came in somewhere around like 55% or something like that, too. So,
2: yeah, I think it was 52. I think it was a little less than that, even. So, but it did get okay. better as the season went on. So, so that part is interesting. But I mean, if he comes in around
1: 49, 50, like right on the dot or something like that, but there's more yards, then that means they're probably making those big plays. So, I'm going to go with less, but more yards just because I think there are more plays. So, what was your thought on that?
2: So I went the reverse, the opposite, because to me, if you have MVS maybe accruing less yards, but he's making more impactful plays and actually hanging on to some of those, whether they're bombs or, you know, just third down conversions, whatever those may be, then maybe you're thinking that. Amari Rogers is making an impact or Alan Lazard is back healthy. So maybe the yards distributed doesn't necessarily matter as much as like his reliability, as far as his hands are concerned. So the example I gave Perry was a little bit extreme. It was 40% for a catch percentage if you're going down. So you're losing like 12% or you're going up to like 65. So it's pretty significant swing. Yeah.
1: If I knew those numbers, I would take the 60, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I guess I cheated a little bit in saying that, yeah, you'll only miss like two or three, you know, percentage points there. But yeah, if the difference is 65 and 40, then then yeah, I'll take 65%. Especially with how this how much this offense relies upon being efficient uh, and moving the ball that way. So uh, we're gonna go with my next one, and this is something I actually threw out to the Twitterverse a few weeks ago, and it's more it's a this, this or that of the <laughs> Packers pass catchers that are hitting free agency here at the end of the 2021 season. Well, not including Devontae Adams, because I think we all are pretty pretty set in the idea that he's going to be re-signed. Uh, so Robert Tunyon, MVS, Alan Lazard, you have to sign one or multiple of those players, I guess, but all three not an option. Take your
2: pick. So it's different now knowing that I can sign multiple. I thought you were going to make me pick one. Um, but I went into the thinking that I knew the answer and hearing it, I think I'm going to take Robert Tunyon. And I say that only because, and we talked about this pre-show, we don't know what the 2021 season looks like for any of these guys. So if Jay Sternberger breaks out, if Josiah DeGuarra breaks out, that's great. But right now you don't know that. And Mercedes Lewis is likely playing his last season. So as far as what your tight end room looks like, Robert Tunyon is the only really proven commodity. If I can take multiples... I think I'm taking MVS in addition to Robert Tunyon because I think he brings a different wrinkle to the offense. I love Alan Lazard as a player, but his type of play, I feel like, can be easier replicated with some of the other guys that are like towards the bottom of the depth chart there. So, yeah, that's interesting, though. I'm, I'm curious if we agree. I didn't look at your Twitter, so...
1: Yeah, that's I didn't pick one either because I didn't want to have (laughs) anybody's like confirmation bias to be like, oh, I think this. Um, But the other thing that I think is interesting is I think the answer can change depending on who the quarterback is. Because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, then you're less concerned about a safety blanket, a security blanket, someone he's really familiar with. Although he's familiar with all those guys at this point, but I think you're less concerned about stuff like that and. Whereas if Jordan Love is the quarterback, I think you are concerned about that. So if Love is the quarterback, I think my answer is Robert Tunyon. If Rodgers is the quarterback, I think that when he's been in an offense that has had a legitimate deep threat, whether that's been Jordy in his prime, Greg Jennings in his prime, uh, Marcos Valdez-Scantling this past season kind of emerging as not quite to the level of those guys, obviously, but a better player in that role. I just think Rodgers loves the deep ball. And I think that's been proven over his his career. He likes those big plays, obviously. And with all due respect to Devontae Adams, that's just not the biggest part of his arsenal. And I think the Packers can find a multitude of ways to use him, but they do need somebody with that deep speed to take the top off. And I think that's where MVS is kind of your your go-to. He's the one with the rare skill set of this group of people. I think you can find a player – that can play like Robert Tunyon. I think you can find a player that can play like Alan Lazard. It's just harder to find guys that can play like Marquez Valdez Scantling. Now, if they wanted to upgrade from those positions, obviously I understand that thought as well. But I am interested to see Tunyon this year because I thought the comment, one of the telling comments of LaFleur this offseason, and almost everything that's not related to the quarterback has been lost in the shuffle, but is the they want to feature Robert Tunyon in the offense this year. And there's a lot of people that would think he's maybe a system tight end or was like a byproduct of a few things where he's just he's just open and he catches the ball. Well, if the Packers want to feature him, then they might think his skill set is is pretty good and they're going to want to keep him around for a significant period of time. So I guess I cheated on that whole answer, but my answer <laughs> at the end of the day is, is MBS. Uh, and I think of the three contracts, his will actually be the most affordable at the end of the day, which is. An interesting one between him and Alan Lazard but that's it you are up for round two we're driven by the search for better but when
0: it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website, are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment, and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it to the defensive side of the ball, and I'm gonna look at the secondary here. Um, Jair Alexander has a four interception season, regular season, no playoffs or Eric Stokes wins defensive player of the year or defensive rookie of the year.
1: I was going to say defensive player of the year. That's
2: phenomenal. Um, You're asking which
1: one would I choose, correct? Or which one I think is more likely. Uh, Which would you choose? Oh, I would choose Eric Stokes wins defensive rookie of the year uh, because I know interceptions are so they're, they're obviously important, but they're overrated for individual players just because I think we, those numbers are what brings you to defensive you know, player of the year, defensive rookie of the year type of numbers even. But I don't need Jair Alexander to intercept passes to know he's a really good player. If Eric Stokes wins defensive rookie of the year, I know the Packers are set at cornerback for a really long time, at least the next five years with Alexander and Stokes on the other side. And, you know, I think I've said this before on multiple platforms that, you know, we got, we went into the off season. We're like, okay, Green Bay's biggest need was cornerback. And then the draft got closer and there was all that stuff, smoke, whatever you want to call it, about drafting a wide receiver in the first round for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' tenure and blah. And then the Rodgers story broke and all that stuff. And then they picked a cornerback and everybody thought it was like a middle finger to Aaron Rodgers. But I think we kind of forgot that, okay, yeah, that was their biggest need going into the offseason. So Eric Stokes is, in my opinion, one of the most important players on this roster just because you kind of know what Kevin King is. If Stokes can emerge early – There's a high upside for that defense and in that secondary. So I definitely am choosing Eric Stokes winning defensive rookie of the year. And to my knowledge, I don't think a Packer has ever won that award in my lifetime. So it'd be kind of cool to see them win that award.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And maybe I should have made it harder. Like, you know, leads the team for led the team last season with Darnell Savage. That's where the number came from. But yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Jair himself would probably appreciate having some picks just to kind of pad his already impressive stats, because I think sometimes he gets lost in the shuffle because nobody throws the ball his way. And, you know, he doesn't have those numbers to boost an already really impressive kind of last couple seasons. But absolutely in agreement if Eric Stokes hits and we know Jair is going to get paid big money I almost swear swore and I know that I'm not supposed to do that on the show but if he gets paid a ton of money to stay a Packer then like you said your secondary is locked up at least for the next five years so yeah that one and, that one and, was easy
1: and it's locked up with like you're looking at like 2010 Packers type stuff with yeah. Jamon Williams and Sam Shields on the corners and then And Nick, I mean, obviously they don't have Charles Woodson just yet playing the nickel role, but, you know, they'll figure that part out at some point. But with Darnell Savage playing that Nick Collins kind of role, if he's the ascending player that I certainly think that he is um, thinking on that. So the next one I'm going to go, this is more of a uh, prediction type of thing than anything else. But who do you think gets more snaps in 2021? Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary?
2: This is tough. I wondered if if this would be something that we would discuss. These two specific players. Um, at this point, I'm, I think Preston Smith still, and I say that because of the contract he signs, uh, signed the restructure. Um, I know Rashawn had arguably one of the better performances on defense for the entire playoffs. Like he was just a monster and everywhere. Um, I see them both being on the field quite a bit. Actually, I see. Barry utilizing the two of them and Zadarius in a number of different ways, especially since we don't necessarily know what the defensive line is going to look like at this point. But I think seniority will be the tiebreaker in some of these some of these situations. And I think it'll be Preston Smith. But I think it'll be close. I think it'll be like a 10% difference or less.
1: Yeah, that's certainly at least my hope. You know, by the end of the year, it was clear who the better player was. I do predict it. I'm hoping that the Packers can find and Preston Smith can find a middle ground between his breakout season, obviously his first year with the Packers, which is far and away the best season he's ever had. And then last year is probably the worst season he's ever had. If they get a middle ground of that player and Rashawn Gary ascends and Zadarius Smith is Zadarius Smith, that pass rush is really good. And that was – it's kind of one of the not talked about things from the NFC Championship game last year is other than Kenny Clark, Tom Brady had time to – eat a sandwich in the pocket during that NFC <laughs> championship game. So I think, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be a sandwich because I don't know if that's on the TB12 diet, but whatever it is, the avocado ice cream or whatever it is that he eats, I guess. But either way, I think that the pass rush is one of the things that we didn't talk about a lot because I think we just lumped the defense in as a whole, but they didn't play particularly well. Uh, Zadarius and Preston Smith, obviously, and then Rashawn Gary, even Kenny Clark had a sack, but wasn't all that disruptive. Um, the only times they really got pressure Patton had to dial up blitzes And if you have to blitz guys like Tom Brady More often than not you're going to get beat on that Because their brain moves faster So uh, I think I think, I hope the answer by the end of the year is Rashawn Gary Because that means his ascension continued But if it's close like you said To where the difference is minimal That means Preston Smith is probably really effective As well
2: Yeah I'm with you Is it my question though? It is yours yeah that was mine All right. Well, I I was going to ask a specific question, but I feel like I know the answer to that question. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Um, Looking at the 2020 draft class, you can pick a second year jump for one player. Would you rather have that be A.J. Dillon or Josiah DeGuara?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I will take, hmm, I thought it was going to be easier as you started asking, but then (laughs) as you kind of, as I started to think about it, I think the answer is AJ Dillon, and I say that because I know the you know the Twitterverse and everything is going to tell me that running backs are irrelevant and stuff like that. But the Packers, the story Ty Dunn wrote about AJ Dillon, talking about how they tried to like build two teams in one, and how AJ Dillon is basically like the centerpiece of that. And then getting to see that in action against Tennessee last year, the Packers were a completely different team. With A.J. Yeah. Dillon being able to do that. Now, not only can we finesse you and throw the ball all over the lot with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and all these guys that we have over here, but we can also line up and ram the ball down your throat for three yards, four yards, and a cloud of dust. You know, one of the complaints, and I think that's justified out of that NFC title game is that A.J. Dillon didn't get the ball enough in especially in that second half to where You know, the Packers, they just, I think they panicked a little and got a little pass happy to where if Dylan gets the ball more, maybe it's a different outcome. But I think, yeah, the answer is Dylan. I know if DeGuara has that jump, obviously he has a skill set and a fit in this Lafleur offense that nobody else really does because, you know, that's not what Jay Sternberger is going to do. That's not, even Dominique Daphne, he did some of that stuff last year, but that's just not really what he's going to do. They drafted Josiah DeGuara with a very specific role and thought in mind. And you saw it a little bit in the early portion of the season. The biggest question with Josiah now is, can he stay healthy? He played one game, he missed two, and then he blew his knee out against uh, Atlanta in that Monday night game to finish out his season there. So I think it's Dylan. I'm going to ask back, and I think it's a stupid question now that I'm asking the president of the A.J. Dylan fan club. But <laughs> is there a chance that maybe it's something different?
2: Uh, it's tough. Like I, I think you know the the worry maybe that Packers fans have, and why it felt so rich to take AJ Dillon in the second round, even knowing that both guys were going into a contract year between Jamal and Aaron Jones, is that you have Aaron Jones. He said he wanted to be a packer. The skill set he brings to the offense really fits a Matt Lafleur offense. So I think the concern was like, do you need? A second Bell Cow because you have Aaron Jones who pro who had proven in 2019 and 2020 that he can be the guy and he can stay healthy enough and he can carry the load. So, you know, it it I do think that it is AJ Dillon. Um, and I know that I agree with your point that, you know, Dominic Daphne maybe doesn't have like the exact skill set that Josiah Degora has, but there are other players that can replicate that role enough, even though I mean, I think if you have Matt, if you ask Matt Lafleur, the answer is very clearly Josiah DeGuara, and that's like yes. his gadget guy. It's who he wanted desperately. But I think as far as like what will benefit the offense, especially if it is a guy like Jordan Love under center and not Aaron Rodgers, then it leans even further to AJ Dillon being a piece. But honestly, I'm just I just want to see them both on the field at the same time. Give me twelve. Yeah. Give me twenty two. Just something
1: yeah and it gives you that I mean if you watch the Rams game from the playoffs this past year and Dusty Ealy was doing some really cool stuff on the way the Packers use both of those guys and it really is perfect and with all due respect to Jamal Williams I love him Um, Jamal Williams will always be one of my favorite players this is just different and you mentioned the skill set I mean has there ever been in the history of the Packers since we've been you know kids a perfect combination of thunder and lightning, not to use that old cliche, but I mean, with Aaron Jones and his ability to just be this dynamic home run hitter and AJ Dillon with the ability to, yeah, we can play this game old school and line up and ram the ball down your throat where like the ceiling of this guy is per scouts. This isn't me saying this. I'm not exercising in hyperbole here, Derek Henry, but faster, bigger, stronger, all that stuff. Those are real things that are being said. So I'm excited to see that. You know, that's one of the first things that we're obviously going to get. Once the Aaron Rodgers story comes to a conclusion, we're going to get a ton of pictures of AJ Dillon's legs. And I understand that, but you know, the legs I can't wait. mean, but I can't wait either, but <laughs> that's going to distract from the football player that he was becoming, especially towards the end of last season. So I'm very excited to see how they use those two guys. Here's mine. Would you rather more receptions from Amari Rodgers Or Aaron Jones?
2: I like this. To me, I'm going to say Amari Rogers, and I'm saying that solely because of the dilemma that we talked about a little bit earlier, where we don't really know what the wide receiver room is going to look like in 2022. And at least if you are getting productivity in the off from Amari Rogers, you feel like you're kind of, you at least have somebody. MVS is in a contract year. Alan Lazard is in a contract year. Obviously, Devontae Adams in a contract year, we're hoping that he stays in Green Bay. I'm not sure if he would feel like following 12 somewhere going to play with Derek Carr or whatever the narrative would be if he doesn't sign with the Packers. But yeah, to me, I would love to see Aaron Jones more involved in the passing game, um, especially if you paired it like with A.J. Dillon and even just said like the running backs or Amari Rogers. I think that that would be a really tough argument, but I I just feel like the Packers took a wide receiver and we really would love to see that pan out for the offense, especially because he's he's kind of that more traditional slot body that hasn't been utilized a ton in Matt LaFleur's offense. So I think he provides like a fun little wrinkle.
1: And it absolutely could be something that could be utilized. right? I mean, with all due respect to Geronimo Allison, that was the primary <laughs> slot receiver in Matt LaFleur's first season here. That's just.
2: I don't something. see the problem.
1: Well, I mean, just you know, that's, that's okay. We'll, we'll just, we'll skip over the Geronimo and Allison and talk for a while. He's a Detroit lion. We respect him and his decisions that he's made and all those kinds of things. But yeah, I think the answer to is, is Amari uh, because Aaron Jones is going to get forced touches that way anyways. But I just think that you feel a lot better going into, and I know it's 2021 and there's so many things that can happen, but you feel so much better going into 2022, if you know, Amari Rogers can play and the Packers clearly think he can the, again, storylines getting glossed over because of the quarterback, but Brian Gutekunst's story about Ted Thompson and trading up for Clay Matthews and comparing that to when they traded up for Amari Rodgers and said, you know, they could have given up less, but, or maybe they could have given up less, but his response to all of his guys in the room was, I want the player. Well, the player in this case was Amari Rogers they like him, they clearly want to use him a lot and I think that's someone Aaron if you're listening, I'm sure you are. I think <laughs> you'll really like him. I think that's somebody that'll help uh quite a bit in in terms of the offense. So, uh, and even if he's not here, I think that's somebody that Jordan Love could lean on pretty heavily in in his first season as a starter as well. But I'm with you. You know, we kind of know what Aaron Jones can do and how his impact on the offense can be felt and that's certainly a great thing to have. It's just more beneficial to this offense if the Packers have Amari Rogers and Devontae Adams, who they feel pretty good about at that receiver position without even re-signing someone like Tanya and MBS Lazard, et cetera, et cetera. So do you have any other questions on this end? I have one
2: more if you want to do one more round. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. All right. So holistically here, we'll just look at the defensive side of the ball. And for context, uh, the defense had 11 interceptions and 41 sacks in 2020. In 2019, the defense had 17 interceptions and 41 sacks again. So Joe Barry's first year as defensive coordinator for the Packers. Would you rather have the defense have 20 interceptions or 50 sacks?
1: Ooh. um, I will say... 20 interceptions because I'm gonna go by the Mike Smith Bible and say that sacks are overrated. Disruption is production. So if they're getting interceptions, chances are they're disrupting the passer and getting them that way. It's very rare that a quarterback throws a unpressured interception. You know, it feels like if that happens, there's something where there's people, you know, hanging around at his feet or he's not able to move or you know, move as well or it feels like when an interception happens it's very rare that they do the the chuck and duck thing. So I will I will say the the 20 interceptions. I think that's that's more beneficial to the defense on that side. What is your thought there?
2: My thought is that I'm going to get disruption as production tattooed on my bicep, but yes. <laughs> but no, I'm with you. I think that they're like a very healthy marriage and I would take the 20 interceptions because Thinking about, you know, that's a big number. We know Darnell had four. Adrian Amos had a couple, you know, picked that up towards the end of the season. But you have to think with a number as big as 20 that guys like Jair Alexander are getting their hands on things. Maybe Kevin King after his 2019 has a little bit of a bounce back. So, yeah, I think I'll take the picks and just assume that there's pressure being added because of that
1: that question is much better than anything I could have come up with. So we'll wrap on that. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining and listening. Like I mentioned on the Twitter verse where you can follow me at Jacob Westendorf. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I will be back now through camp the season and all the way through Jordan Love's first Super Bowl title in February of 2022. So cannot wait for that. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Packaday Podcast. Like and subscribe the show on Twitter. Uh, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And you can find Maggie.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV, and I also podcast with Perry Goldstein for the packs, with she said podcast. So I know Jacob will be up in training camp uh, for a couple days. At least I'll be in green Bay for about a week. So if you see us in the area, please say hi and tell us you listen to the show.
1: Absolutely. That'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully we're able to link up on that Sunday. I will be up there. August 5th, uh, August 6th and 7th for family night uh, and hanging out in front of the green Bay distillery, talking a little Packers training camp. And uh, that'll be a fun little experience for, for all of us there. So stop by this, the uh, distillery, especially on that Thursday when they have practice, I'll be there signing autographs. No, I'm not actually <laughs> signing autographs, but you know, Buying beers for people that want to say they show up. You know, we'll do some some fun stuff for that. And, and keep your eyes peeled. We've got some really cool things. Uh, Irons in the fire here coming up for Season 2 over at Game On Wisconsin. But thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys stopping by. We'll see you next week. Jimmy, hope you enjoyed listening to the show. And go Bucks.